there couldn't be a more perfect offense for Joe Flacco. He is built on his big arm. He is built on pushing the ball down the field. You give him a run game and the heavy play action game with chunk throws down the field. Now, the amazing thing is Joe's making some really special off-platform throws. To think he's that guy at 38 years old, he is playing really, really good football. Yo, yo, what's cracking? Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast. Welcome to episode 295. We are back for 2024 with a huge app and a huge guest. In fact, he is bigger than big. He is a legend, a pro football hall of famer, a two-time NFL MVP, a Super Bowl champion, the orchestrator of the greatest show on turf, the man who took the Cardinals to their only Super Bowl appearance. You already know who I'm talking about. My guest this week is none other than Kurt Warner. This dude is not just a legend. He is also one of the most fascinating and most unique and most inspirational stories and people ever, which is why he is one of my favorites to talk to. These days, you can find him on NFL Network. You can hear him on Westwood One. And in a matter of seconds, you will be hearing him right here on the original Side Hustle. If you can't tell, I'm hyped. I'm pumped to catch up with Kurt. So let's get right at it. It's episode 295 of the Jim Rohn Podcast with Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. And in fact, it's coming at you right now. So Kurt, despite having a number of these conversations over the years, I never, ever take them for granted. If anything, I appreciate them more now than ever before. Kurt, thank you so much for doing this. What's going on? How are you? I am doing really, really well, Jim. It's been a while, but uh, life is good. Life is busy, but life is good. Good. Good to hear it. So let me ask you this. Before we talk about what's going on around the league, I want to ask you about a short bio that you have on your X feed. And the bio reads, quote, a man working to be better in this chapter of my life than I was in my previous one, striving daily to be my best in hopes of inspiring the same in others, end of quote. Kurt, I want to say that I feel exactly the same way. Exactly. Can you share what's driving this and in what ways are you trying to be better in this chapter of your life than in your last? Well, I mean, I think, you know, and I feel like uh, I've kind of lived that way for a long time is that the goal is always to be better in whatever facet of life, you know, I'm in or whatever facet of life I'm focusing on, you know, whether that be as a husband, whether that be as a father, whether that be doing the different things that I'm doing, uh, you know, whether it be coaching, teaching, or the analyst work that, that I do and the different facets, um, you know, that I'm always just looking to improve. I always want to hear feedback. I always want to hear what people have to say and say, okay, how can I, how can I be better at what I'm doing? And so that's kind of always been my mindset is that I'm not a finished product. And uh, I took that approach when I was playing that, you know, even after you have success and you've accomplished a lot of things, I'm always looking for people that can help me to get better. And so that is my mindset moving forward with, whatever I I choose to do in life with all the different endeavors that I have, that that kind of is the goal. And I don't ever want to get complacent in in believing, okay, I'm I'm good enough. I'm good enough at what I do. I think there's a lot of people out there that, that feel that and take that approach. Like I'm good enough. And, and I get it. You know, sometimes we we get to a place and it's like, okay, I can be successful at this place. I don't ever want to get to that point. Uh, I feel like I got a long way to go. I have a lot that I want to accomplish uh, as my kids get older, I need to evolve as a, as a dad and, and figure that out. As we get deeper into my marriage, I got to continue to to adapt and, and evolve and, and get better 
at being able to, to, to meet the needs of my wife. So I just, I feel like life is a constant battle of, of trying to better ourselves, to learn, to evolve. And that's just kind of how uh, I want to live life and that kind of mindset that I want to have. You know, Kurt, I appreciate that response a lot. Let me ask you one quick follow-up because I've got an entire podcast which is centered around that. It's called The Reinvention Project. And when you think about what you've done your entire football career, I'm talking about on the field, you had so many amazing years and amazing memories. Do you really feel like in your heart of hearts, and this is what I'm chasing, do you feel like in your heart of hearts your best work and your best life is in front of you and not behind you? I hope so. Um, you know, because again, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I think it would be easy to kind of go, okay, I did pretty well. You know, I, I share this, you know, sometimes when I speak is that, you know, I, you know, go to a couple of Super Bowls, I win a championship, I'm in the Hall of Fame, there's a movie about my life, you know, it could easily sit back and go, you know what, I did pretty good. The first 50 were pretty good. And, you know, I can just kind of rest on that and then just see where the next 50 takes me. Um, but, but I think my goal is to go, man, when it's all said and done, I would love for people to not even remember me on the football field and remember what I accomplished that, that would mean that the next 50 years, whatever I'm doing, I'm impacting lives. I'm having, uh, an impact on people in such a way that they forgot this great chapter of my life. Jim, I can't answer that question. All I can say is I hope so. I hope that I continue to work and I hope that I continue to have opportunities and I can leave a lasting legacy in these next 50 years in similar fashion to what I did in the first 50 years. And that's the goal, but I don't know what it looks like. You know, it's, it's harder to navigate when you get to this point and you go, okay, you know, I've kind of had my career, so to speak, or in the midst of kind of my new career, but what is it that I'm going to do and what opportunities are going to be out there that are going to allow me to surpass what I did in the first 50, but, but that's what I'm looking for. You know, whether it's the charity work that I'm doing, whether it's, you know, the impact on, on the next generation, uh, you know, that that's coming up, whether that be in our sport or whether that be in some other capacity, um, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm looking for while continuing to go through the life and the opportunities I have now better myself in those um, in hopes that there is something, uh, a next phase that I jump into that uh, that I can be remembered for. Yeah, I like it. I mean, obviously, you've got that same kind of intensity, that same passion. You're just searching for it. Before you had kind of a, a, a certainty to what it was, and you knew what you were looking for and you were working towards it. But now we're all kind of trying to find out what that next part of the evolution is. Kurt, you mentioned the movie. I'm curious, what did you think of the movie, and what was it like for you to sit down and watch a movie about your life? I uh, really liked the movie. I thought they did a great job. You know, it was about a 10 year process trying to get the movie done a number of times thinking it wasn't going to happen. The script wasn't what we wanted it to be. It wasn't the story that we wanted to share. And then ultimately, I, I think they did a great job of sharing the message we wanted to share, that it wasn't just my story and, and you know, my underdog story, but it was really about a family of underdogs, whether that be my wife's journey, my son's journey my journey and how they interconnect. And it was together that we were able to, you know, take ourselves to new heights and together accomplish something that was really, really special. And so I love that part of it. You know, when, when somebody's making a movie of your life, the, the, the struggle is always, there's always times and things that get left out. And so that was probably the hardest part of it is that there were things that you wanted in there, there were relation, relationships you wanted in there and they couldn't put everything. They can't get the whole story in a two-hour movie. So that was the struggle and the balance of trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, the message that 
you know, we shared in the movie, the idea of being an underdog and overcoming and, and how, you know, you need people around you to, to kind of motivate you and encourage you and support you through it. Uh, I thought it was a powerful message and the people that saw it, I think could relate in a lot of different ways, whether you related more to my wife's story or to my story or, you know, our relationship or the relationship with our son and the struggles that he had. Um, just so many ways for people to connect to the movie. And uh, and I thought they did a great job of sharing that. You bet. I think, Kurt, you're you're one of one. I don't think there is another story or another person quite like yours. That said, and I, you know, hard stop, full stop right there. That said, when you look at Brock Purdy, you know this comes up quite a bit. Do you see any of his story or any of his journey that reminds you of your own? Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's always, uh, you know, when you have individuals that are not highly touted and that people, you know, don't say are a sure thing, you know, they, they're the underdog, so to speak, for whatever reason that is, whether it's, size, whether it's where you're drafted, um, you know, where you played college football or, or whatever that, you know, story may be in, in other walks of life. Uh, I think anytime you have an underdog story, uh, uh, you know, when people look at you and say, ah, well, they, they focus more on what you don't have or what you haven't done or what you can't do than what you're doing. I think there is a, a level that always relates to my journey is that I always believed that I could do it. But I understood why other people didn't believe it. And, uh, and and when I would always focus on the positive and what I had accomplished, it was easy for other people to focus on what I hadn't and what I hadn't done and, and where I had played or the fact that I was cut, all those different things. And so anytime you have another individual, and obviously, especially in our sport, uh, that has to deal with that same sort of you know questioning, you know, almost on a weekly basis. Uh, you definitely see the correlation and you definitely see the underdog mentality. And I definitely recognize that in Brock's journey. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Or Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It goes wherever you go. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way, you can see exactly what you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? And, you know, I love what he's accomplished. I love what he's doing. Um, You know, and I hope that he gets a chance to write a story similar to mine in terms of success on the football field. It's been a great start. Uh, there's a long way to go, but, but I definitely recognize and it resonates with me because every week I hear what people are saying and I hear the questions that they have and uh, how they're constantly knocking him down for this reason or that reason, instead of just taking the body of work and recognizing the body of work and enjoying uh, what he's doing. You know, a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant, a guy that, uh, you know, found himself you know, having to fight for a position and then getting the starting job and then running with it. I mean, it, isn't that kind of the American dream is you're waiting for the opportunity and when you get the opportunity, can you run with it? Can, can you do and maximize the situation? It's exactly what he's doing, yet for some reason we want to discount it for, for a number of different reasons instead of just enjoying it. You know, I think, Kurt, that this is certainly – 
You know, it's relevant to our discussion right here, but to me, it's a much bigger thing. Like, it's a life thing. To your point that you knew you could do it. Now, I'm sure there were times during your career and on the way up where you might have had doubts like we all do. But the point is, when if he has to hear this week after week after week, or anybody does in any walk of life, and people are knocking you down, or people are not believing, or there are skeptics or non-believers— how did you maintain or how does anybody maintain that belief that it is going to work out and they will achieve their goals when everything around them or everybody around them is saying, no, you can't? Well, the biggest thing for me, Jim, was I always had to understand that people don't know what they don't know. And in other words, that they didn't know my entire journey. They didn't know the story. So when I was talking about people looking at the negative, you know, they, you know, they would hang on to, well, he sat on the bench for four years at a small school. Then he got cut from his first NFL team and he had to work in a grocery store for goodness sakes. And then he's playing arena football instead of playing in the NFL. They would look at all of those things. When I looked at my journey, I was like, well, okay, I had the ball in my hands for one year in college and I was the player of the year in our conference. Uh, you know, when I played arena football, we went to the championship two out of three years. I was the best player statistically when I was over in Europe. So All I could look at was when the ball was in my hands, I was successful. And I understood why people said what they said. I understood what they were looking at and why that narrative was out there. And so I didn't hold it against them that they didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't understand who I was. They didn't know how successful and how talented I was because of the journey I had been on. So I didn't hold that against them while at the same time, I didn't take what they were saying And, you know, internalize it and go, oh, my gosh, these people are saying I can't or this person's saying I'm not very good. What I did was said, "Okay, I understand it. I'm not going to be mad at them. I'm not out to prove to them, you know, what they don't know. I'm going to stick to what I know and who I know that I am. And I'm going to focus on that. And that will take care of itself is that I'll just keep playing good football and I'll just keep having success. And. At some point, they can either choose to believe or they can continue to focus on those other things. But all I know is this is who I am when a ball is in my hands. And that, to me, would always carry me. Whether it was good times or bad times, a good game or a bad game, I still knew who I was. And I was never going to let somebody else define that for me because they didn't know. And that, to me, I think is always key when we're in these jobs and in this business. There's always going to be skeptics. There's always going to be people that don't know the whole story and they're going to create their narrative off of what they know or what they want uh, the story to be instead of truly knowing who we are. And so with Brock, that's, you know, to me, that's kind of what I've seen is that he just goes to work and he just keeps playing. And even if he has, you know, quote unquote, bad game and people are going to say, oh, it was a horrible game. Well, no, it probably wasn't. You hang on to what you know and you learn from those moments. And if you hear somebody criticizing you, you always challenge it. You know, I always did. Like when somebody would criticize me, I would look at it and go, okay, is there truth to it? Is there truth to the criticism? If there is, I need to take that, apply it, and get better. If there's no truth to it, I'm going to disregard it, and I'm going to go back to doing what I've always done because I know that will lead me to success. And so, um, you know, it's out there. You know it's out there. But the bottom line, I think the greatest to ever do anything It's never about everybody on the outside saying they're great or they're awful and that the motivation. The motivation is internal with them saying, I know I'm great. I'm going to be great. I'm going to do what I know that's going to get me to greatness. And all that other stuff is just noise on the outside that never really drives us 
to be, you know, what we ultimately become. All right, so you've got quarterbacks who play off script, Kurt. I think I'm, I'm having a conversation with you that's kind of off script, but it, it's so interesting to me because you had a world-class mindset. My opinion, you had a world-class mindset before you had those world-class achievements. Where did that come from? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a good question. And, you know, I don't know where it came from other than the fact that you know, from a very early stage when I was involved in sports and really whatever sport it was, uh, I was really good at it. And so, you know, it was the one thing that I felt early in my life that I got a lot of accolades for, you know, and not just trophies and, and those kinds of things, but, but people would recognize and people would notice. And so I think I developed a confidence level very early on that I was good at this. And, and so it pushed me to work harder. It pushed me to see how good I could be. And so I think that developed very early on and it maybe was shaped a little bit more by the outside in the early stages. And then once I recognized that, um, you know, that was just the driving force for me is then I am good at this. How good can I be? You know, can I be great? Can I accomplish great things? Um, and, and like I said, I, I think the bottom line, it came back to the majority of the time when I had a ball in my hands or when I was playing sports, I was successful. And so that became the norm, you know, that became the standard. And I think I was smart enough to know that in any sport or really any venture in life, you're not going to be successful all of the time, but I didn't waver, you know, like the, the waves, it was like, I know I'm really good. And if I have a bad game, okay, I have a bad game, but I know I'm really good. And so I'm going to get back up, to the top and that's going to be where I live even if there's dips in the road along the way uh but I, but I think it started at a very early age because I was good because I got those accolades um and then it just developed from there into this mindset of chasing greatness what does that look like what is my personal standard not the standard that's out there not you know who you know trying to chase after somebody else's accomplishments but how good can I be what am I capable of um, and always trying to push the, the limits of that to see if I could be any be even better. College football fans, the championship is here and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. What you want to do is download the app right now and use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100 and 68 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And then, obviously, if the standard is the standard, the standard above feelings, right? You're constantly chasing the standard no matter how you feel. No doubt about it. Yeah, feelings come and go. And you know, I mean, it's almost as if, you know, we always say this in sports is that it's never as good as you think it is and it's never as bad as you think it is. So if you're simply going by feelings, 
you know, you could leave a game and go, oh, my gosh, I was awful in this game. And then you go and watch the game and you're like, oh, it actually really wasn't that bad. I had a couple bad plays here or there and vice versa. You go, my gosh, I was awesome in this game. And you go watch the film and you're like, oh, my gosh, how many how did I miss so many plays in a particular game? So something I learned really early on was that you, you can't go by your feelings and the emotions of the moment. You've got to take every play, every snap, every game, and you have to you know, be realistic with how you watch it and how you assess it, but don't let the feelings drive you. You know, you, you let the standard, you let, uh, you know, that competitiveness in you drive you every single day to, to be better and to win that play. You know, it's the old cliche, win, win this play, win this game one at a time. But that really was the mentality that I tried to take and not just going, oh, how did I feel today? You know, did it feel good? Did it not feel good? Because too often that can be deceiving to us if we're just going based on feeling. I so appreciate that part of the conversation. I better ask you some ball before I let you go, though. So as a two-time MVP, Kurt, you're the perfect person to ask this about. In terms of the MVP conversation this year, did Lamar Jackson end that conversation with those back-to-back huge games against the Niners and Dolphins? Is it done? I, you know, I have a feeling that it probably is done. You know, what I've realized over my time in this league is that, uh, you know, with the MVP race, you know, so often um, it's about having a good season, but it's about what you do late in the season. It's not always about who has the best season overall. It's, you know, you get into the conversation in the early part of the season or, you know, as we move towards the tail end and then you win it at the end. Um you know, I, I said it, you know, a couple of weeks ago is that I think Brock has had the best quarterback season uh, in the NFL this year. The problem is against Lamar Jackson, uh, against that defense, he has four interceptions in that moment. Um, and that probably kicks him out of the race. And by the same token, it it elevates Lamar Jackson, who we really didn't hear uh, in in that conversation for probably the first half of the year. Um, you know, he's had a good season. I don't know if it's been a great season as they've gone through a lot of growing pains with their offense and the numbers don't always add up. And I'm not a believer that it's all about the numbers because I think Lamar's played really, really well this year. Um, it's just knowing where the MVP race has been in past years. I don't know if I sit back and go, man, Lamar had that special MVP type season this year, although he's gotten better and he's played great in the big moments down the stretch. Um, but it's also become a quarterback award. I, I think Christian McCaffrey has had a phenomenal season. And he's probably my front, front runner. Tyreek Hill was up there until, you know, he kind of missed the game and then he struggled a little bit down the stretch. Had he set the record, I think he should have been in the conversation. But if you're saying it's still just a quarterback award and we're looking at the quarterback position, I do think Lamar is going to win this thing. You know, Brock, you know, went the other direction with the four interception game. Uh, Dak, who's been really, really good this year and maybe statistically better than Lamar, hasn't won in the big moments, uh, which to me is huge. And we've seen it back to back with Lamar. Big moments gets good football teams. He wins. Um, so, you know, to your point and back to the initial part of the question, I do think he has solidified it unless the voters are open to going beyond the quarterback position. And I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey has made a really, really strong case for himself. 
I think you're right. I think he's already solidified that position. I think that Christian McCaffrey is as valuable to his team as anybody is, but I think that Lamar's going to get this thing. Kurt, speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, <laughs> it seems crazy to even ask this question, but outside of his Super Bowl run, have you ever seen Joe Flacco play better than he is right now? No, I tweeted that a couple weeks ago, that outside of that playoff run, I don't think I've ever seen him play better. He's playing with confidence. I th- I- I said a number of weeks ago when, when he when he got to Cleveland and, and took over, I'm like, there couldn't be a more perfect offense for Joe Flacco. He is built on his big arm. He is built on pushing the ball down the field. You give him a run game and, you know, the, the heavy play action game with chunk throws down the field, I felt like it played perfectly to who Joe was. Now, the amazing thing is Joe's making some really special off-platform, uh, you know, throws and, and movement throws, which, you know, surprised the heck out of me because he's never been that guy. But then to think he's that guy at 38 years old, um, he is playing really, really good football. He's playing very confidently. Uh, as I said, this offense fits what he's doing. You couple that with a really, really good defense. I'm excited to see this team in the playoffs and competing against the best teams in the AFC, the way they've been playing. Uh, and to see if they can keep it all together and, and Joe can play at this level for a couple more games in the playoff. And do they have a chance to, to knock some people off? Yeah, right. So I've got to tell you guys about this. The other day, I come across a product that all of us should be carrying around. It's something totally different for fresh breath. It's an amazing product called Zellman's Minty Mouth. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. If you're up in the grill with somebody else and you're making your case for whatever it is, make sure your breath is fresh. Zellman's cleans your breath in a way that other mints don't and can't because it's not just a mint. It's a functional breath freshener capsule that you swallow. Clinically tested against the toughest offenders like garlic and onions. You just pop two or three in your mouth. You suck the minty coating. Then you swallow the capsule for the confidence of fresh, clean breath, and it lasts for hours. This product is like nothing else you've ever tried. It fights bad breath in your mouth, and then it goes right down to your gut. This is the ultimate hack to get rid of coffee, garlic, or smoker's breath. You're going to like having the confidence of long-lasting fresh breath or your money back guaranteed. These folks will give you your money back. Not that you'll want it, but they will. They have free shipping if you order three packs or more. Trust me, you're going to want more, and nobody likes to pay for shipping. Go to Zellman's.com right now. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com right now. You'll get 15% off when you use my promo code ROAM. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S dot com. You have to use the code Rome to get your 15% savings. Do it now. I don't think you want to run to that team right about now. Kurt, what about the so. Chiefs, right? Obviously, they've got some serious issues offensively. Now, they still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. But do they have enough time, or more importantly, even the answers to fix their issues this season? I, I don't think they do. Um, and it's hard to say that when 15 is behind center. Um, no doubt. He, he's so special and he makes up for so much and has over the years. But, you know, there's always two sides to this coin is that it doesn't matter how good Patrick elevates and plays because I do believe he's got it in him. I don't know if the guys on the other side have it in them to flip a switch and all of a sudden make all the catches they're supposed to make. You know, Travis isn't, doesn't look physically as good as he's looked in the past. So I don't know if he's got that, you know, that that switch to flip to, to all of a sudden, you know, get back to his youth. And so I just don't know if there's enough on the other side, no matter what Patrick does, 
that they can consistently perform at a level to beat the teams that they're going to play. I mean, you know, you start with the fact that, you know, Lamar and company, they're so good on both sides of the ball that you're going to have to be good on both sides of the ball to beat them. But we just mentioned Cleveland. Cleveland's really good too. I, I don't know how this team offensively matches up against those corners and that pressure of the Cleveland Browns, unless they can keep it a low scoring game and, and make a play or two. If Buffalo gets in, Buffalo already beat them once this year. And so, yeah, I just I'm so worried about what they have on the other side that those guys aren't just going to put three games together where all of a sudden they make every play they're supposed to make. And, you know, they make even the easy routine catches on a consistent basis. We just haven't seen it. And I just, you know, it's too hard for me to see it week in, week out, you know, for this long and expect, expect somehow them that they're just going to you know flip that switch and change everything for a three-week period against really good football teams. All right, so with respect to your time, I'm picking my spots very carefully here. You recently did, Kurt, an analysis showing where Dallas needs to be better on, quote, money downs. For those who don't know, how would you define money downs? And do you think the Cowboys are built for a deep postseason run this year because every year they're supposed to be, and they never are? Yeah, the money down, you know, specifically third down for us. I would also count, you know, the kind of the red zone critical, you know, plays inside the 10-yard line as, as money situations as well. And those are two areas they haven't been great. You know, they're really good when they can jump out in front of you and kind of hold the lead. Uh, you know, they haven't been as good in tighter football games when you have to make those critical plays. And again, this is another team that I look at and I go, okay, Dak, you know, for the most part, it's been really solid this year, but that's always been the knock on Dak in those critical moments where you make the play over and over again. He's done it better this year than in the past. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb has stepped up to go, okay, I can be that go-to guy. So let's just say those two pieces, you know, live up to the billing. The question becomes, who else? Where are the other guys? You know, who are the guys that are going to make plays for them in the moment? Do they have the run game where they can hand it to somebody and they can make the difference-making run? We haven't really seen that. You know, Brandon Cooks, I think, has been really good down the stretch. And so maybe he is that X factor that can get them over the top. But I'm still waiting to see if he can be that guy. But Michael Gallup, I don't think, is that guy. Ferguson, good as a tight end. But but I don't know if he's that difference-making guy. And so that's what I look at for them offensively. When you get into those moments, you either have to have a quarterback that's just dealing at a, at a, at a particularly high level, or you have to have lots of guys that can help step up for you and give you that critical play in the moment. And I'm just not sure they have the pieces to be able to do that outside of being able to feed C.D. Lamb for 227 yards every week, which we know isn't going to happen against good teams in the playoffs. All right, so two quick things. You mentioned the Bills. Kurt, the weekend is so wild, right? Like Buffalo, if they win, they could get as high as a two seed. But if things don't break their way, they can miss the postseason altogether. If they get in, how dangerous are they in your mind? Like, are they Super Bowl good all of a sudden? I think they're dangerous. You know, when you look at a guy like Josh Allen, you, you simply say to yourself, he's one of those guys that in any given moment can give you that special performance. And then outside of that, they've got good players. I mean, they've got, you know, Stephon Diggs, obviously. Uh, James Cook, I think, is, is having a great second half of the year. They've got some good playmakers outside of that on offense, especially the tight ends there. I think their defense is really good. They can win with their defensive line. And so when I look at this team, I say they're good enough across the board 
to win close games and kind of muddle through a game or two. And they're explosive enough, starting with their quarterback, Josh Allen, that they could beat anybody in the playoffs. And so that's what, to me, makes them so scary is it's not just, oh, well, they have Josh Allen and he could give you a great performance. No, I think they can win a lot of different ways and they have that special quarterback. And so, um, yeah, I, I think they are a dangerous team. You know, they're a team also that obviously could give a game away and be out of the playoffs really, really quickly. But they are a scary team, in my opinion, because they can be really good defensively. They can be really good on offense and they found a little bit more balance. And they have some really, you know, difference making type players, starting with the quarterback position, which obviously is essential come playoff time. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. All right, so it's going to be a wild, wild postseason. Kurt, leave me with this thought. Circle back to the beginning. We were talking about some of the things that you're doing now as you look forward to the rest of your life. For instance, you created QBconfidential.com. Kurt, what is that, and who's it for? You know, it's uh, it's just kind of one of my pet projects is that, you know, when I retired, uh, I kind of made a, you know, a commitment to my wife that, that I would never be a full-time coach. I coached high school for my two boys while they were playing uh, but when I was done with that, I told her I wouldn't be a full-time coach. I wouldn't commit that much time to coaching. And so I do some individual coaching, but this kind of became my means of going, here's my chance to be able to coach the masses. And so I created QB Confidential and it's got all kinds of different components to it, blackboard work, and it's got building a playbook. It's got on the field stuff. It's got leadership stuff. It's got film study. So I don't think there's anything out there like it that is this comprehensive. Uh, it's got a lot of great information on it, but it's my way to be able to coach uh, whoever that is. I can coach coaches, whatever level, high school, college, pro. I think they all would benefit from QB Confidential. I can coach quarterbacks, same thing, high school, college, pro. It's like a curriculum that can take you from the beginning stages all the way up through advanced level kind of NFL type thought process uh, from a quarterback standpoint. And so that's, it's for, and, and it, I have a lot of fans, I have a lot of analysts that are on it because it teaches so much the nuances and the idiosyncrasies of playing the position or playing offensive football. And so that's why I designed it is that I can't go out and, and coach every high school kid that I want to, you know, I can't spend the time that I want to, you know, taking on a, a college kid and taking them through a three month process, getting ready for the draft. But this is a supplemental piece that I believe can make any coach, any quarterback, any fan smarter about the game and understanding the little things that are so important that I think even coaches at the NFL level don't understand players at the NFL level don't understand. And so uh, it's been kind of my baby. Uh, I haven't really promoted it much. I've been more about building it because that's where my passion is. Um, but it is a unbelievable tool. Uh, I think for anybody that wants to know more about the offensive game of football, but specifically those that are in it, coaches and quarterbacks that want to grow. There is so much powerful information on there that will help take you to another level if you really want it. Um, that, you know, I, I think every coach and quarterback should be on it 
Um, you know, even if you're just focusing on one or two of the elements, it's going to make you better. And it's going to challenge where you are and what you think about the game moving forward. So I think it's a great product. Leave me with this thought. You mentioned coaching your boys. I've said this, Kurt. I, I didn't coach my kids, but I've always said that one of the highlights of my life was watching both our sons play high school baseball. I mean, all the way up, travel ball, high school baseball, then they were done. What was it like to coach your sons? You know, it was always a challenge. Obviously, you know, that, that battle between being coach and being dad and, and the relationship you have that kind of intermix. So there were definitely some challenges to it. But the best thing was I had played it. I understood it at a level that very few do. And so I had one son that was a wide receiver, another son that plays quarterback. Um, but I was able to use my strengths and my expertise and my knowledge to help them excel um, at what they wanted to chase after. And there is nothing better than that. You know, there's, I've got lots of other kids that do things that I'm not an expert at. So it's fun to just go sit in the stands and just be their fan and just cheer them on. But there's all the, obviously something really special about being able to take something you know really, really well and be able to apply it and teach it to your kids to make them difference makers in what they want to chase after. And so, you know, my one son had uh, a, a great high school career, um, you know, had some challenges in college, but, but did some unbelievable things, becoming a captain of two power five teams, had a tryout with Tampa Bay's trying to find another home. Uh, but to see him be able to have that opportunity and step on an NFL field and, and know that you had a little part in, in helping him with that. Uh, my other son uh, was actually at Temple for two years, an All-American quarterback, and he was top five in the country in pass yards this past year. So two unbelievable years. He transferred to Rice uh, just recently. But to be able to apply and teach him and, and see what he's doing mentally, knowing that you had a hand in helping them get to a different place than most quarterbacks at his level uh, are, uh, those things are special. And it's cool to know that, you know, what I did has helped me to project my kids towards a dream that they have and to accomplish things that they wanted to accomplish. Uh, it, it's really, really cool to be able to do that. And, um, you know, it's been fun to watch them thrive. I mean, come on, what's better than that? What is better than that? Right. Kurt, so appreciate the relationship, as always. So appreciate the conversation. Thanks for elevating the conversation. Thanks for making it so much better. And I really appreciate you going long form and coming on this podcast. Kurt, thank you so much. That was great. You got it, my man. Always good to talk to you. And hopefully we'll catch up in Vegas. Kurt freaking Warner. Not that anybody needed any kind of reminder, but what an incredible dude. What a unique perspective. What a fascinating mindset. You want to know how you go from grocery bagging to a gold jacket? That's how. You just heard it. I've got no doubt that he still has some of his best and most important work ahead of him. And I've got so much appreciation for how he just showed up and stretched out for the original side hustle. Again, what an icon. What a legend. And what a perfect example of why I started this side hustle in the first place. And why I've pumped out nearly... 300 episodes now. They all hold up. So if you want to double back for any of them, you should. And you should also consider finding and slamming that subscribe button if you haven't already. That way you will always know when a new episode is available. It will find you. You don't need to find it. As always, thanks so much for listening. And I will catch you next week for EP 296.